Today's show is made possible in part by Anchor, the free podcasting platform. If you'd like to know more, listen for the mid-roll to get more info. Hello, future experts, and you are listening to the Modern Fedora Podcast, episode 86. Can you believe that? 86. I'm your host today, Nora Hernandez, and due to unforeseen circumstances, this is going to be our first solo show. So I apologize in advance if things get a little weird. I mean, then again, we're all mad here, right? But anyway, today I have two segments for you. The first one is Fedora News, and the second one is an unfortunate reading. So, without further ado, let's get started. Okay. Welcome to the first segment, Fedora News. Now, if this is your first time hearing this, I'm going to start this off on a little... A sadder note, but if you haven't heard, Queen Elizabeth II has passed away, age 96, after 70 years on the throne. It says she has been serving Britain and its country and its sovereign countries since February 6, 1952. So it says she is one of British, one of Britain's longest reigning monarchs. Now, I don't know about you guys, but she has been the queen of, uh, of England since, since I was a kid. And I mean, 70 years on the throne, that's, that's a lot to, to, you know, leave behind, you know, a legacy to leave behind. So we feel very bad for the whole British family and the whole, the whole British monarchs. Okay. Uh, moving on from there, hopefully with a more lighthearted topic. Many of you have probably heard of Jerry Seinfeld, right? And, you know, actor, comedian, you know, whichever one you want to call him. Uh, if you don't know who Jerry Seinfeld is, uh, ask your parents. <laughs> um, but anyway, Jerry Seinfeld is known for many more, for many things, you know, more than what I just said. But being a style icon is probably never one of them. <laughs> it's, but, you know... Unless, of course, you count the puffy shirt from the Seinfeld episode of the same name. Now, that garment became so iconic that it now lives permanently at the Smithsonian's National Museum of American History. Now, that's not what I came to talk about. What I came to talk about was how he's making headlines now. Uh, The New York streetwear brand, Kith, um, on Tuesday unveiled a series of campaign images that immediately set the internet alight. The, you know social media started going crazy and that's because they chose Seinfeld now 68 as the new face of its collection. That's right. Jerry Seinfeld became the face of Kith's Kith's new collection. Now, uh, the comedian is seen as the article states somewhat effortlessly. (laughs) It says he's seen wearing a range from Kith's new hoodies, sweatpants, varsity jackets, floral print, floral prints, which are all taken from 
Fall 2022 collection, which has a lot of neutral tones and paisley fabrics. Now, I honestly never watched Seinfeld, but you know, Jerry Seinfeld is pretty, pretty popular guy. Like I'm sure you have at least heard of him. If not, you know, um, it, you know, if you haven't seen him, you hopefully have at least heard of him, <laughs> but the sweatshirts and everything is not it. Seinfeld completed the look with high top sneakers and baseball caps. Now, he has been compared to, you know, a wide range of people, starting from Web3 startup founder to hip-hop mixtape DJ. (laughs) So, now, to be completely honest with you, like I said, I've never seen an episode of, of Seinfeld, but I feel like it's, you know, good that, you know, he he's a little older. You know, they said he he's 68 and that people are opening more towards using, you know, people around that age as, you know, style influencers or fashion models or whatever. Because, he, he you know, they're more relatable, I feel. Because, <laughs> um, you know, you look at models now and they barely eat anything. You know, but looking at Jerry Seinfeld, you know, he he's probably a lot more, probably a lot more relatable to all of us than a 19 year old model would be. (laughs) So anyway, good for him. And the reason that he was chosen is because, you know, I thought was really, really cool. The founder, Kith founder, Ronnie Flagg described Seinfeld as one of his heroes. And he said, there are a handful of people that I dreamed of working with from a young age. And at the very top of the list was Seinfeld. So, you know, also how many of us can say that we've gotten to work or even gotten to meet our heroes. And this guy not only got to work and meet with him, but he got, you know, Seinfeld got to wear his clothes. He gave his clothes to one of his heroes. That to me is just you know, really cool. It's kind of like full circle, you know, (laughs) he got to meet him, got to work with him and, you know, got to wear his clothes and it's just crazy. I'm happy for both of them. Moving on to more uh, scientific (laughs) news. Um, So when you think of a solar farm, what do you think? You know, usually farming sun. Well, that's technically what you, what you do. It's solar panels, basically. <laughs> now, California has started a really a project that has a really cool name. It's called Project Nexus. Now, what they're doing is they are placing solar panels over canals that will benefit from the shade. Now, this Project Nexus, the is uh, the U.S. is an effort is a collaboration between the University of California, Merced, California's Turlock Irrigation District, the California Department of Water Resources, and the Solar Aquagrid. The latter San Francisco Bay Area company commissioned the research and is overseeing the project. So the basic idea of what they're trying to do, right, is they're trying to place arrays of photovoltaic, panels on land that can be used for other purposes 
Now these panels uh, will instead, in, um, you know, instead of placing these panels overland that can be used for something else they're placing these panels over over existing irrigation canals now before you, you go on thinking well that what are they going to do they could do something you know they could do something with those once it, you know it's used for that it can't really be used for much else um but you know the idea of them doing this is because the shade of the panels should significantly 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 sorry reduce evaporation and help the growth in water so because the california is so hot they're doing this you know one to take um energy from the sun to hopefully help power you know the city or whatever and then also, not only that, they're also doing it to kind of help protect, you know, the plants and the the water. Because think if it's so hot, they have to do this to, you know, protect the water from being evaporated. You know, who knows how much water is actually getting to its intended destination, you know. So, you know, it's kind of like a, a full circle. But that's not it. As an added bonus they think that the cooling effect from the water underneath will help keep the panels from overheating, allowing them to operate more efficiently. So the panels are helping the water not evaporate and the plants grow, and the water is helping the solar panels not overheat and be used to its, you know, full effect. It's make, make it for full efficiency. So I don't know. It's really cool. And to me that they're able to do something, you know, like this, something along, you know, these, uh, these, these lines, you know, to kind of help combat, you know, some stuff that has happened, water evaporation and everything, especially with how hot it's been. Like, it's been ridiculously hot where I live. I don't know about you guys listening, but where I live, it's been ridiculously hot. So hopefully it's not so hot for you guys and hopefully y'all are good. Alrighty. Moving on to our next story comes for all you tech lovers and all you specifically iPhone lovers. Apple has unveiled its 14 Pro and Watch Ultra. Yay! <laughs> I don't have my co-host to clap, but I'm clapping and I hope y'all are clapping too. Now, it was uh, unveiled where the event was focused on the next generation iPhone, watch, and AirPod, right? And if you want to watch it, it's been said that the presentation itself was entirely pre-recorded. So I don't know if there's something to, I don't, I don't know if you can find that, but I'm sure, um, you, you know, if you guys want to, you can um, figure out how to find it. Now, one of the things that was unveiled was the Apple Watch Series 8. Now, with that has been unveiled a few new features, including car crash detection, temp temperature sensors, and a new low power mode. So, you know, I, I don't think that the watches had a low power mode. So it's cool that that, you know, that finally um, was able to be added. Now... The Apple Watch Ultra was also uh, 
unveiled and this is swim proof dust proof and crack resistant it says it's announced um that it's rival to uh garmin polar and other rugged watchmakers um now they had um a, a scott jurek from born to run from born to run apparel in the presentation and he is an ultra marathoner for those that don't know because i had no idea but he said the the watch focuses on a larger face design for extreme sports use. And also as an added bonus, because I have a friend who has an Apple Watch and he has to charge it like every night. But all ultra all ultra watches have up to 36 hours of battery life on a single charge and an extended battery life of 60 Apple of of 60 hours, sorry. And Apple is promising enough power for its customers to complete an ultra triathlon, which includes swimming, cycling, and running. So this watch was more focused on you active people, you, you, you know, runners. And, you know, if you're training for, I think it's a triathlon or the Spartan race or, or whatever, that's what this is focused on. Now, the other thing unveiled was the iPhone 14. Now, it was released in two sizes, uh, the 14 and the 14 plus. Now, these new phones are capable of sending emergency call for help via satellite. The phone will display the whereabouts of passing satellites overhead and demonstrate how to point the device at them correctly. It can take 16 it can it can take 15 seconds to a few minutes to send a basic message. So hopefully this will, you know, if we're in an emergency situation we have to send a text message. Hopefully this will eliminate oh I have one bar or I have zero bars and you know it's not going to you know work, right? Now Uh, tech analyst Paolo Pescatore said he believed the innovation was good news for consumers in hard-to-reach areas because hopefully they'll still be able to use um, the phones by using satellite. Now, the now the next feature is something is one of the reasons why I switched to iPhone from Android um, is the camera. And now that's what I'm going to talk about a little bit because that's what I personally like. So the tech giant announced that a new 12 megapixel camera is capable of taking photos of fast moving subjects. And the company claims a 49% improvement in low light capturing. And the front, front, front camera also included autofocus for the first time to help sharpen selfies. According to Apple iPhone users, according to Apple, iPhone users took more than 3 trillion photos in the last 12 months so that's pretty pretty cool i mean that they would you know focus on their consumers you know they they said they take a lot of selfies so they help the selfie camera improve now the iphone 14 pro the biggest change in the 14 pro and 14 pro max designs is the top of the screen which is now a pill shaped cutout a feature called the Dynamic Island has replaced the black notch, which many iPhone users complain about. And it can change shape depending on what notifications are. So, you for those of you that didn't like the notch, now here's your solution. It says the other big change is that the handset can always remain on. When the iPhone is not in use, the screen dims and the refresh rate is lowered. And the handset comes in deep purple, 
color along and in a deep purple color alongside black, silver, and gold. So, few uh, updates for you guys that didn't like the the little notch has now been replaced by the dynamic island. So, I hope y'all will like that. Another thing that was released was the AirPods. This is AirPods Pro are easier to find than their predecessor. Each pair comes with a new system for finding individual lost earphones, which play a chime when dropped outside of the case. Additionally, the case itself gets its own speaker, which will play a louder sound when prompted by the Find My app. So I know a lot of people, especially watching, uh, I was watching one video of this girl who lost her, her headphone, and she pushed play, and she could hear it in her dog's stomach. So Apple is not going to help you with that, but if you lose it, Elsewhere, uh, you'll be able to find it by playing a chime like you do if you have, you know, iPhone and iPad and everything. So, you know, congrats on 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 Apple. They're taking a big, a big step, a a big uh, leap forward with this. You know, they got they got rid of the notch, which I believe was on the eleven, the twelve, and the thirteen. I could be wrong about the eleven, but I know it was on the 12 and 13 and, and like i said was complained was a lot of people complained about but it's gone it's done away with and if you have an iphone 12 or 13 the next update to come the uh, ios 16 which has a lot of major updates that i'm really excited about comes out september 12th so uh hold out for that and hopefully it'll be as good as it seems to be that i've from the pictures and images that i've seen Alrighty, moving on to our last uh, story. Now, this story is a, a little bit older, but I still found it really, really funny when I uh, read it. It says, dummy driver busted for using mannequin to drive in carpool lane. Now, before you go on saying that's crazy, a lot of people actually do this. It, it, this is not the first time something has happened, but, but I mean... What do you do if you want to use a carpool lane but have nobody else what have nobody else with you? The common solution is to use a mannequin. However, this is illegal. I don't know if, if you know this, but it's illegal. Um, apparently, this guy has been doing it for years, <laughs> um, and he hasn't been caught. Um, bef- but. The, it says, eagle-eyed Baldwin Park, California Highway Patrol officer spotted him, concerned that the passenger wasn't moving. And he pulled the driver over and made the discovery that it was fake. Now, as I said, this isn't the first time the drivers have made uh, an attempt to cheat their way into the carpool lane. But he said, this is by far the most realistic. And from the picture I see, it legit looks like a person like he put a covid mask on him he put glasses he put a hat he put hair fake hair he put like he you know looks it looks like a legit person like if i if i saw him not moving i'd be like uh what's the deal (laughs) i would probably pull him over too so you know don't do that but you know i thought it you know was hysterical that he said i've been doing this for you know, about a year. Uh, you don't admit that when, you, when you're going to be, uh, you know, p- 
pulled over and you're already in a lot of trouble. You don't say, oh, yeah, I've been doing that could you in more trouble. But anyway, to each his own, right? The next segment is called, drumroll please, unfortunate reading. Now, before you're like, what's this about? You don't have to read anything. Don't worry. That's not uh, not about, you know, you guys don't have to do anything, but listen. <laughs> uh, this is all on me. So what I'm going to do here is I'm going to read you guys a little bit from a book. Um, and hopefully uh, you guys are entertained. Now, this is probably an episode for when you're tired at night. You just kind of want to wind down and listen to something. But, you know, I hope you still listen to it and you, you know, enjoy it. Anyway, so the book I'm going to be reading is called A Series of Unfortunate Events. And, you know, I'm going to read a little bit about it, you know, give my two cents. Um, now, for those of you that don't know, this is also a movie. Um, and I have seen the movie multiple times and I have read the book, um, once or twice, I think. Um, and it's one of my personal favorite movies. Um, um, and so for those of you that don't know, I'll give you a little bit of a background. It's about, um, three orphans who kind of, you know, navigate their way through growing up and, you know, not having parents and, you know, that sounds sad, but hold on, stick with me. Um, and it's got escapes and it's got inventions and it's got, you know, adventure and action and it's got, you know, terrible people and it's got good people and it's just a whole, it's just a very well-rounded story. And to make it even better, the movie stars uh, Jim Carrey. So... How much better can that be with Jim Carrey? But uh, I'm only going to read one or two chapters, um, and then I'll let you go on your way. All right, so the first book is called The The Bad Beginning. So I hope that you like this uh, book. Um, and this most most likely, if it's uh, well-received, um, will be a continued uh, thing throughout uh, throughout the modern Fedora podcast. Um, so, you know, just keep your ears open. Keep your eyes eyes peeled and ears open um, for continued. And I will try to make this as interesting as possible. I apologize for any listeners from another, from other countries. I may do some accents, mainly to differentiate between the characters. Um, because I know it can be kind of hard to follow along uh, with a story if you're not reading the story. But I will try to do different accents and everything like that. Just mainly so you can keep track of who's talking at that point. Right. Chapter 1. If you're interested in stories with happy endings, you'd be, you would be better off reading some other book. In this book, not only is there no happy ending, there's no happy beginning. And very few happy things hap happen in the middle. This is because not very many happy things happened in the lives of three Baudelaire youngsters. Violet, Klaus, and Sunny Baudelaire. They were intelligent children. They were charming, resourceful, and had pleasant facial features. 
but they were extremely unlucky, and most everything that happened to them was rife with misfortune, misery, and despair. I'm sorry to tell you this, but that's how the story goes. So, <laughs> from the beginning, I know, it seems like a depressing book, but I mean, the title is called A Series of Unfortunate Events. So, you know. Now, I, and I'm not comparing this with the TV show on, on Netflix because I haven't seen that. I'm comparing this with the movie. So, if you haven't seen the movie, I'd recommend the movie. I think, I believe it's also on Netflix or Hulu or something. So, so go watch it. Their misfortune began one day at Briny Beach. The three... Baudelaire children lived with their parents in an enormous mansion at the heart of a dirty and busy city. And occasionally, their parents gave them permission to take a rickety trolley. The word rickety, you probably know, here means unsteady or likely to collapse. Alone to the seashore, where they would spend the day as a sort of vacation, as long as they were home for dinner. This particular morning was gray and cloudy, which didn't bother the Baudelaire youngsters one bit. When it was hot and sunny, Briny Beach was crowded with tourists, and it was impossible to find a good place to lay one's blanket. On gray and cloudy days, the, Baudelaire, the Baudelaires had the beach to themselves and to do what they liked. Violet, Baudelaire, the eldest, liked to skip rocks, like most 14-year-olds. She was right-handed, so the rocks skipped farther across the murky water when Violet used her right hand instead of her left. As she skipped rocks, she was looking out at the horizon and thinking about an invention she wanted to build. Anyone who knew Violet well could tell what she was think could tell that she was thinking hard because her long hair was tied up in a ribbon to keep it out of her eyes. Violet had a real knack for inventing and building strange devices, so her brain was often filled with Im with, with images of pulleys, levers, and gears, and she never wanted to be distracted by something as trivial as her hair. This morning, she was thinking about how to construct a device that could retrieve a rock after you had skipped it into the ocean. Klaus Baudelaire, the middle child and the only boy, liked to examine creatures in tide pools. Klaus was a little older than 12 and wore glasses, which made him look intelligent. He was intelligent. The Baudelaire parents had an enormous library in their mansion, a room filled with thousands of books on nearly every subject. Being, on, being only 12, of course, Klaus had not read all of the books in the Baudelaire library, but he had read a great many of them and had retained a lot of the information from his readings. He knew how to tell an alligator from a crocodile. He knew who killed Julius Caesar and knew much about tiny slimy animals found at Briny Beach, which he was examining now. Sunny Baudelaire, the youngest, liked to bite things. She was an infant and very small for her age, scarcely larger than a boot. What she lacked in size, however, she made up for with the size and sharpness of her four teeth. Sunny was at an age where one most, mostly speaks in a series of unintelligible shrieks, except when she used a few actual words in her vocabulary like bottle, mommy, and bite. Most people had trouble understanding what it was that Sunny was saying. For instance, this morning she was saying, Gak, over and over, which probably meant, look at that mysterious figure emerging from the fog. So I really like here how he kind of, the author set up the, um, the characters, like he gave a little bit of background, but not too, you know, not too much that you're like, okay, get on with it. You know, 
You know, we see Violet likes to put her hair up and invent. Klaus likes to read and look at things on Briny Beach. And Sunny, you know, he didn't say exactly her age, but an infant. So, you know, makes think probably just starting to walk, you know, teething still, you know, only has four teeth and only knows a few words. So I, I really like how he sets up the characters and he, he, and he doesn't give too much detail into them. But he still gives us enough that we can differentiate who's who. Now we're going back to the book. Sure enough, in the distance along the misty shore of Briny Beach, there there could be seen a tall figure striding toward the butler children. Sunny had already been staring and shrieking at the figure for some time when Klaus looked up from the spiny crab he was examining and saw it too. He reached over and touched Violet's arm bring her out of her inventing thoughts. Let's see. Next is Klaus speaking. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna change my voice level. Look at that, Klaus said and pointed towards the figure. He was trying closer and the children could see a few details and it was about the size of an adult, except his head was tall and rather square. Who do you think it is? Violet asked. I don't know. Klaus said, squinting at it, but it seems to be, mo- be moving right towards us. We're alone on the beach, Violet said a little nervously. There's nobody else it could be moving toward. She felt the sl- slender, smooth stone in her left hand, where she had been about to try to skip as far as she could. She had a sudden thought to throw it at the figure, because it seemed so frightening. It only seems scary, Klaus said, as if reading his sister's thoughts. Because of all the mist. That was true. As the figure reached them, the children saw saw with relief that it was not anybody frightening at all, but somebody they knew, Mr. Poe. Mr. Poe was a friend of Mr. and Mrs. Baudelaire, whom the children had met many times at, at dinner parties. One of the things that Violet, Klaus, and Sunny really liked about their parents was what they did was that they didn't send their children away when they had company over, but allowed them to join the adults at the dinner table and participate in the conversation as long as they helped clear the table. The children remembered Mr. Poe because he always had a cold he always had a cold and was constantly excusing himself from the table to have a fit of coughing in the in the next room. I like this part because it makes me think of when I was younger and I'd go to like my grandparents' house or something and I had to sit at the kids table and i remember how monumentous it was the day that i was able to sit at the adult table and i was like yes i'm at the adult table and then all of my cousins got the same age and then they're like you guys get to sit out there and it was still like a glorified kids table but you know we were more adults still i guess like we're adults but we still don't get to sit at the main table because there's a lot of us <laughs> you know but you know it was just you know, I can relate to this because my parents never sent me, you know, away for when they had company, just when we had big family gatherings and I had to sit at the kids' table. But yeah, so. Alrighty, back to the book. Mr. Poe took off his top hat, which had made his head look large and square in the fog, and stood for a moment, coughing loudly into a white handkerchief. Uh, Violet and Klaus moved forward to shake his hand and say, how do you do? How do you do? said Klaus. And how do you do? said Violet. Oh, yow, said Sunny. Fine, thank you, said Mr. Poe. 
but he looked very sad. For a few seconds, nobody said anything, and the children wondered what Mr. Poe was doing there at Brandy Beach, when he should have been at the bank in the city where he worked. He was not dressed for the beach. It's a nice day, Violet said, finally making conversation. This sunny made a noise that sounded like an angry bird, and Klaus picked up and held her. Yes, it is a nice day, Mr. Poe said absently, staring out the empty beach. I'm afraid I have some very bad news for you children. The three Baudelaire siblings looked at him. Violet with some, em uh, uh, Violet with some embarrassment felt the stone in her left hand, and she was glad she had not thrown it at Mr. Poe. Your parents, Mr. Poe said, have perished in a terrible fire. The children didn't say anything. They perished, Mr. Poe said, in a fire that destroyed the entire house. I'm very, very sorry to tell you this, my dears. And Violet took her eyes off Mr. Poe and stared out at the ocean. Mr. Poe had never called the Baudelaire children my dears before. She understood the words that he was saying, but thought he must be joking, playing a terrible joke on her and her brother and sister. Perished, Mr. Poe said, means killed. We know what the word perished means, Klaus said crossly. He didn't know what the word perished meant. But he was still having trouble understanding exactly what it was that Mr. Poe had said. It seemed to him Mr. Poe must have somehow misspoken. The fire department, of course, uh, the fire department arrived, of course, Mr. Poe said, but they were too late. The entire house was engulfed in fire. It burned to the ground. Klaus pictured all the books in the library going up in flames. Now he'd never read all of them. Mr. Poe coughed several times in his handkerchief before continuing. I was sent to retrieve you here and take you to my home. Well, you'll stay for some while, while I figure things out. I'm the executor of your parents' estate. That means I'll be handling that enormous fortune and figuring out where your children will go. When Violet comes of age, the fortune will be yours. But the bank will take charge of it until you're old enough. Although Mr. Poe was executor, Violet felt like Mr. Poe was the executioner. He had simply walked on the beach and told them. He, he simply walked down the beach to them and changed their lives forever. Come with me, Mr. Poe said and held out his hand in, in order to take it. Violet had to drop the stone she was holding. Klaus took Violet's other hand and Sonny took Klaus's other hand. And in that manner, the three Baudelaire children. Baudelaire orphans now were led away from the beach and from their previous lives. So as you can see, it's not a very happy beginning, but you were forewarned in the beginning that it wouldn't be a very happy beginning. But uh, what do you guys think? Um, I hope you guys <laughs> um, liked it. I hope you guys enjoyed the segment. And again, I apologize for how weird this episode uh was but you know due to unforeseen circumstances you know um my other co-host couldn't be with me today but i i'm sure they'll be back next week for another awesome uh episode Anyway, thank you for listening to the show today and for being loyal to our podcast. If you liked it, be sure to sh follow the show if you haven't already and share it with at least one friend. Just one friend. That's all we ask. 
Again, thank you for listening. Uh, we'll see you next Thursday. Don't forget to wear a fedora.